your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. I'm your host, Zeke Boyett, writer at Hockey Wilderness and Wild Podcast for multiple places. And on today's show, I will be doing another edition of Wild Flashback, where I take a look at significant moments in Wild history. And today's uh, significant moment is the Jason Pominville trade between the Wild and the Buffalo Sabres from back in April of 2013. But before we get into that, I just want to remind you to subscribe to Lockdown Wild on wherever podcast platform you listen to or on pretty much anyone you can find. And if you hit that subscribe button, you'll get the new show each day as it comes out right away. You won't have to go looking for it so also just before we get into the today's wild flashback we should have a couple other news and notes uh, that i want to get to today uh, before we get into the meat of the show but the first piece of news that uh, many of you have obviously probably seen by now if you're on twitter or anywhere following the wild is that the wilds have decided to loan marco rossi to the austrian national team for the upcoming uh, world junior championships in Ed- in the edmonton bubble coming up i think starting on christmas day through january 5th i believe so marco rossi will be going to his with his Austrian national junior team to that tournament where he you know will be obviously one of the best and if not the best player on that team for Austria so you know good boost for that team and it just signifies again that the uncertainty of when the NHL season is going to start and when you know if he should have reported St. Paul right away or not so but obviously now we know uh, that Bill Guerin has assigned Rossi to the Austrian national team he'll play in the world championships and if you should go read uh, Michael Russo's article in the athletic where he has some quotes from uh, Garen and Ross's agent on this, but essentially what they said is that uh, Rossi, after the World Junior Championships are done, will fly to St. Paul uh, no matter what, whether training camp hasn't started, uh, is in the middle of it, or is done and they're starting the season. He will fly to St. Paul and get a chance to, uh, to you know, make the team and show what he's got in the NHL. So either way, uh, Ross will still have a chance to make the team in the NHL, but it's good for his development, I think, and good for, obviously, for his country to have him on the team. And hopefully he can provide a good boost to that team and have a very good performance at the World Junior Championships uh, coming up later this month in Edmonton. And so right before we get into the show, I guess the last kind of piece of news and notes is a little bit more NHL restart negotiation, I guess plans that are going on right now there's a couple few interesting tweets today that uh, Gary Bettman did an interview I can't remember where on some radio show or sports show panel or whatnot that he had some very interesting quotes I just want to read them to you and the first one I have is that uh, it's with Bettman saying everything you do in this type of situation needs to be a collaboration if it's going to work and that's a little bit ironic considering them and the owners uh, seem to want to go back on a deal they made you know four months ago already and the players thought they were going to get paid 72 percent of their contract and now the nhl and its owners including bettman want to go back in that deal and you know take even a little bit more of that money away from the players and i can understand that frustration it doesn't mean doesn't make sense why bettman would say this needs to be a collaboration this kind of things if it's going to work when you know bettman is claiming that you know they asked just asking for even more money even though they just signed a deal four months ago and the deal that they signed some of the owners like i said in the last show didn't even read the memorandum of understanding that the, the deal the cba for the payments for salaries the next couple of years that was agreed upon that they signed off on they, they the owners some of them not all of them we don't know how many but it was been reported that some of the owners signed off without you know even knowing the terms of deal so that's a little bit frustrating and then the other quote that i want to just quickly read off from Bettman is that he said we've been absolutely unequivocal with the players that we're not trying to renegotiate which again makes no sense because they made a deal the NHL the owners the NHLPA and the players made a deal for the CBA for the return to play for salaries for the next couple years four months ago in March 
and now they want to go back and change it. And isn't that basically the definition of renegotiating? I mean, you made a deal, uh, you all signed it, you took on it, you all agreed to it. But now four months later, not long after, you want to come back and change parts of the deal. So I don't know why he's, again, not he's saying we're not trying to rene- renegotiate, but that's pretty much exactly what you're trying to do there, Gary. So I don't know. It's just, just getting a little bit frustrating that, you know, probably by the time the NBA starts up, NBA starts up in two or three weeks, you know, the NHL will still be probably fighting over money here you know, trying to figure out a season plan and trying to agree on a plan for salaries and escrow and CBA and whatnot. So it's it's just frustrating that uh, the owners in the league at this point are, you know, being, it's, it's just rather annoying. And you, you know that they'll probably, they will probably get their way eventually. I mean, Gary Bettman always gets his way. But anyways, that's kind of it for the first couple of notes. I went a little longer than I thought, but just wanted to get my thoughts out there on that whole situation. And as I said, the wild flashback moment today is the Jason Pominville trade that took place on April 3rd of 2013, uh, kind of towards the end of the regular season in the lockout shortened 2012-2013 season for the Minnesota Wild, which was also the first season where uh, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter were on the wild roster. And like I said, the trade between the Buff Wild and the Buffalo Sabres took place on April 3rd, 2013. Uh, in the trade, the Wild got Jason Pominville and a 2014 fourth-round pick. And in return, they gave to the Buffalo Sabres uh, prospect Johan Larson, uh, goalie prospect Matt Hackett, a 2013 first-round pick, and a 2014 second-round pick. So, you know, at the time, you know, when this trade was made back in 2013, everyone, you know, if you can kind of remember the, that lockout-shortened season, the Wild were kind of in first place in that Northwest Division uh, that whole season, they were one of the better teams in the Western Conference. And then kind of the last month or so of the season, they kind of struggled and, you know, like ended up barely making the playoffs on a tiebreaker with the Columbus Blue Jackets. But they made this trade with the Sabres for Pommetville kind of as a, hey, we're bolstering our offense. Like, we know that we're good on defense with the additions of Ryan Suter and even, you know, a young Jared Spurgeon and a very young Jonas Burdine. But, you know, they need a little bit more of an offensive punch up front with Parise, Koivu, uh, and even, you know, you kind of forget, but you know, those young guys like Coyle and Granlund were, you know, technically on these teams. So they needed a little bit more of a veteran offensive boost to their team. And uh, Jason Pommel, you know, was sure that because in his career in Buffalo before being traded to the Wild, he was had multiple 20, 30 goal seasons, you know, fit anywhere from 55 to even 80 points consistently. So this is a guy, a proven offensive scorer and proven producer uh, on kind of up in the top six. And they thought he would prove a good addition and you know obviously the fourth round pick i'll get into later not too huge of a deal and then as in terms of what the wild gave up for the trade i mean i think everyone was fairly happy to get pominville but they gave up johan larson who at the time i believe was a second round pick of the wilds in either 2009 or 2010 uh he was having an okay first year in the ahl with 37 points 62 games but he had a the year before that i think in the 2010 2011 season uh, larson had a very good world junior championships for sweden uh, was very good in the SHL and was thought of as a very good, very highly thought of prospect. Not, you know, top end, but a guy who thought to potentially be a good middle six scorer. So that was, at the time, a bit tough to give him up. And then Matt Hackett, uh, I think, was a third or fourth round pick a few couple years before that, who was a solid goalie prospect. Had had a couple of very good years uh, with the Houston Arrows in the American Hockey League uh, down in the minors. And then also had one good, stint with the, one good stint with the Wild, I believe, in 2011-2012. So there was kind of you know, he was kind of a little 50-50 on what people thought of him. I mean, I can remember he was a fairly highly thought of a goalie prospect, and especially after his first couple of years in the minors. But, uh, you know, like I said, he uh, was – it was a little – again, I think people weren't too thrilled about getting him up, but he hadn't broke the wild roster yet, so not too big of a deal. And then, obviously, the 2013 first-round pick, a significant asset, asset 
and the 2014 second round pick is also it's not as huge as any other assets but a, a nice piece for the buffalo Sabres to get back as they entered their who, what they would end up being a nearly decade-long rebuild process that's still ongoing but yeah you know I think from the, the I, I, it's kind of hard to remember because I wasn't really on Twitter back in that back at that time, and I don't think there was as many people, you know, on there talking about this stuff, doing instant reaction and all that with Twitter on trades and stuff. But what I can remember is that you know, Palmville, he's like I said, he was a proven offensive scorer, he was a good addition to the top six, and with the Wild trying to make the playoffs for the first time in you know five years. You know, everyone I think was fairly happy with the trade, and despite giving up a couple of good young prospects and Johan Larson, Matt Matt Hackett, as well as a first and second round pick, uh, I think people were fairly happy with the trade, including myself. And we're looking forward to seeing what uh, Jason Palmville will do with the Wild. Which, uh, co- you know, like I said, coming up next on the next segment of Lockdown Wild, I'm going to be discussing kind of how the assets in the trade, including Palmville, some of the other pieces performed immediately that season and the next few seasons beyond. Built Go is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, you can break through it with Go every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages, so you can put it in your briefcase, put it in your golf bag, or put it in your backpack to give you that extra boost of energy in the morning, while also giving you a very delicious tasting little energy drink to boost you with three delicious flavors such as peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Like I said, it's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's made out of natural ingredients such as B6, B12, B3 vitamins along with honey and a kick of caffeine. So it's good for your body and you know that, hey, it tastes good. I'm getting the same energy boost without that crash feeling at the end. And I'm also putting something in my body that's good for me and that's healthy and that will uh, help me feel better later on. So like I said, Built Go is the healthy replacement for energy drink. The energy, it's not fake. It's lasting and natural. And you should go to built, visit builtgo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off your next order at builtgo.com. Let's go! We're back here on Lockdown Wild with another edition of Wild Flashback discussing the Jason Pominville trade between the Minnesota Wild and the Buffalo Sabres on April 3rd of 2013 in the midst of the lockout shortened 2012-2013 season. And in the first segment, I kind of discussed some uh, little recent news and notes as well as the trade itself with the assets going back and forth between the two teams. But before we get into how the the players in the trade performed right away. I just want to remind you to subscribe to Locked on Wild uh, wherever you listen to your shows. Uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, if you hit that subscribe button, you'll get the new show each day as it comes out. You won't have to go looking for it. And also just want to uh, put a shout out there that I think starting next week, I believe on Monday, I will be starting the 2020-2021 season player preview series where I'll each episode I'll do one wild player and kind of take a look back at their past season, uh, preview what's to come in the next season and the future for them. So, and despite we're not knowing when the season will start, it might not be for a couple months. I'm going to start that series up on Monday. So be on the lookout for that. So like I said, in this segment, the lockdown world will be discussing how the pieces in this trade performed right away. And obviously, uh, Jason Palmville traded to the wild, uh, only played in 10 games with the wild after the trade, uh, kind of had a little bit of injury. Uh, I think can't remember what it was, but I think he got hurt kind of at the end of the regular season going to the playoffs. But in the 10 games, he did play with the Wild in the 2012-2013 season. He did put up nearly a point per game with four goals, five assists for nine points in those 10 games. And as I said, he in the, only, in the two playoff games that he played, he put up zero points. But overall, looked pretty solid and looked like, you know, kind of what they had expected uh, out of the trade after giving up significant assets for him. So Palmville was good. And uh, that later that offseason, after that season was done, I think... Actually, on October 3rd, 2013, sorry, excuse me, uh, he signed a five-year contract extension with the Wild at $5.6 5. 
average annual value, which took into place at the start of the 2014-2015 regular season. So, you know, even after just 10 games, well, technically 12 include the playoffs, but after just over 10... 10 games, around a dozen games played with the Wild, they handed him a pretty significant uh, contract extension. And, you know, at the time, like I said, that was also a little bit of maybe a head scratcher because I remember thinking, well, hey, you know, you haven't seen this guy play that much for you. I mean, why are you, especially since he's, you know, almost 30, he's like in his 30s now, why are you giving him this long-term uh, with a deal with a decent uh, salary attached to it? But, you know, as we as I mentioned before on the podcast, he was a good producer throughout his career in Buffalo, uh, consistently being a 20, 25, 30 goal scorer, anywhere from 50 to 70 points. So, and as I'll mention later on, it ended up being working out pretty well for the Wild. But as for what they gave up to Buffalo, now, uh, I guess I should also mention that the 2014 fourth round pick the Wild got, uh, they eventually traded to Edmonton next year for a goaltender Ilya Bruzgalov. So, uh, what, in terms of what the Wild gave up to Buffalo and how they performed, well, uh, Johan Larson, like I told you, was a really solid prospect at the time. Uh, hasn't quite turned out to be as good as maybe people thought he would be in the NHL, but he has actually spent he actually spent the previous uh, seven seasons up until the end of this year in the Buffalo Sabres organization, skating in 393 games with the Sabres, recording 38 goals and 59 assists for 97 points. So while he never really turned into that middle or top six kind of scoring forward that was maybe projected of him when he was a younger prospect, uh, he did turn into a good kind of fourth line bottom six forward who is good defensively. I think is I think. Uh, analytically he's also i think he was also pretty good i don't don't hold me to that but i remember seeing a lot of people talking about him and thinking of him talking of him as a good fourth line option so you know larson turned out to be a solid player uh nothing spectacular but you know solid player in the trade for buffalo there and also of note he did sign a two-year contract with the arizona coyotes as a free agent in the 2020 offseason back in october so you know, not a bad player, but again, not what the Sabres expected. And as for Matt Hackett, uh, he would only end up playing, I think, 12 or 13 games with the Sabres in the NHL. Uh, didn't put up very good stats and was not very good either with their uh, AHL affiliate, the Rochester Americans. And uh, for the last few years, he's just been kind of a meh average AHL starter, playing a lot of AHL, ECHL, and even playing over in Europe in places like Slovakia, I believe, and also in the EIHL in the the in the United Kingdom. So, you know, Matt Hackett, he played some NHL games, but did not turn out to be really much other than, you know, a, a minor league goalie, like a, like a second or third year minor league goalie. So again, that didn't, he didn't really turn out as the Sabres hoped. And also as for the 2013 first round pick uh, that the Wild gave up to the Sabres, that ended up being 16th overall in that year's draft. And with that pick, the Sabres selected defenseman Nikita Zadorov from the London Knights, who was a big uh, defenseman with a good shot who could skate well. And while, Zadorov hasn't really scored all that much in his NHL career. He has played in 356 games, 22 goals, 53 assists, 75 points. But most of those ended up being with the Colorado Avalanche because about after his first season with the Buffalo Sabres in his rookie year, I believe, he was traded as part of the package uh, for the Sabres to get Ryan O'Reilly from the Colorado Avalanche. So uh, again, Zadorov didn't really do, contribute much to the Sabres on that end, but he did definitely turn out to be a solid player. And, you know, he's not a top four defender, but he's kind of a, you know, third pairing, maybe second, number four defenseman potentially, which, you know, you can definitely use and is definitely a useful player. And, you know, when you look at it, it was probably the best asset the Sabres got out of this trade in the fact that, you know, the player he was and that they were able to turn him in part into Ryan O'Reilly. So not a bad piece there for the Sabres to get out of that first round pick. And also the 2014 second round pick that the Wild gave up in this trade, uh, which was ended up being, I think it was 49th overall in the 2014 draft. Uh, the Sabres selected a right wing club. Karabacek, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, I believe he played in the QMJHL. 
he, you know, I was looking at the stats just a little bit ago, and he did not end up performing well, and he did not pan out, uh, never playing in the NHL for the Sabres. So overall, I mean, you look at it, the Wild got a consistent uh, top six scorer in Palmerville, who the next season led the team with 30 goals and 60 points in 2013-2014, who, you know, they also got four or five seasons use out of, and the Sabres got, you know, a fourth-line forward, uh bottom two pair of defense, probably bottom fair pair of defense, maybe number four, number five defenseman, who they ended up trading uh, about a year or two later uh, and a first round pick and a second round pick. So, and a goalie who, minor league goalie who played in 13 games in NHL for them. So really, I mean, you look at it, you'd think that, hey, the Wild did pretty good in this trade. I mean, you know, Jason Palmville, like I said, good top six forward, good contributor uh, and spent a good four or five seasons with the Wild. Whereas, you know, the Sabres eventually, while it seemed good at the time, you know, it just got, Bare parts, fourth line forwards, bottom pair D, and uh, second round pick. So, you know, coming up in the next segment of Lockdown Wild, I'll be kind of giving my thoughts on who won this trade, although you can probably guess by now, as well as getting into kind of some of the other, how these players have fared, you know, in the years since the trade was made between the two teams. And we're back here on Lockdown Wild with another edition of Wild Flashback discussing the Jason Palmville trade between the Minnesota Wild and the Buffalo Sabres on April 3rd of 2013. And before we get into kind of discussing who I think won this trade and kind of some of the lasting impacts of it, I just want to remind you all to find, you can find the show and me on Twitter. First of all, find the show on Twitter at Lockdown Wild. And you can also find my personal account on Twitter at ZBWildNation underscore HW. If you ever have any questions, comments, concerns, mailbag, questions anything you can always send them to my twitter account or to the show's twitter account and you can also we also do have a gmail account for the show locked on wild at gmail.com where you can always send any mailbag questions anytime guest segment ideas whatever about the show any ideas that you have i'd be happy to hear from you you can always send them to the gmail account as well so like i said uh, we've been discussing in the previous two segments kind of the jason palmville trade itself uh, the assets going each way and kind of how they performed in the immediate season and a few seasons after that and then this segment now i'm going to kind of be giving my thoughts to who i think won this trade and you know i think it's kind of fairly obvious unless i'm missing something that the wild won this trade i mean like i said jason palmanville and he's not he was not a spectacular player but he was a good top six forward for the wild for most of the seasons he was with the wild uh starting the next season in 2013-2014 he led the team in scoring and in goals with 30 goals 30 assists for 60 points in 82 games uh you know next couple years a little different but he still put up 54 points 36 points and 47 points in his wild last three seasons of his wild career so again a fairly consistent top six uh, scorer for the wild there and also middle six as he got older so uh palmville was a good player for the wild uh he also did actually perform fairly well in the playoffs with 23 points in 36 games, uh, being especially good in the 2016 playoff series against the Dallas Stars in the first round. So, you know, he's been a guy that I I remember a lot of people, you know, kind of hating on him as, you know, his contract was maybe a bit much. I, I will say that. And he maybe was a little bit old for them to be giving that. But, you know, he was always a good player. And, I've you know, I think a lot of people just kind of, I, I don't know, maybe got tired of him or something, thought, you know, thought he was old. It may, it's it was probably just a contract like usual. Whenever a guy has a big contract and he's a little bit older and, you know, it was signed when he was younger and he was better, but, you know, people, fans a lot of times, will not necessarily turn on players, but will start to, you know, hey, I'm not seeing what we expected, what the dollar amount exactly says that he should be producing. But overall, I think that Pominville was a good player for the Wild. And, I mean, in 327 games played, he did put up 206 points and was also very good in the playoffs. So don't think there, overall there's really too much to complain about Pominville. 
despite, you know, the fact that he obviously did wear down the last couple of years uh, with the Wild. So, and, you know, as for the Sabres, I mean, like I said, they got mostly spare parts. I mean, Johan Larson, he's a solid NHL player, but he is a fourth liner. Uh, Nikita Zadorov, again, another solid NHL player, but he's probably like a number five D or bottom pairing D who can play in the top four on a pinch. A solid player, but again, nothing spectacular. Out of that first round pick, and like I said, Matt Hackett played 13 games in the NHL. It was kind of a non-factor after that, unfortunately. Uh, never really turned out in the, as an NHL professional goaltender in North America. And then also the second round pick in 2014 that the Wild uh, gave up, you know, was the guy by the name of Vaklav Karabacek, who never made the NHL. So overall, like I said, the Wild got a good uh, top six producer in Jason Pominville for pretty much spare parts, as it turned out to be. And I think the Wild won this trade hands down. So... Uh, you know, that's kind of it on that trade, but I guess I also did want to mention uh, a couple years later on June 30th, 2017, the, the teams kind of went back and uh, flipped, you know, the Wild and Sabres made another trade involving Jason Palmville. Instead, this time, the Wild sent Jason Palmville to the, back to the Buffalo Sabres, along with Marco Scandella and a 2018 fourth-round pick, if you'll remember, to the Sabres for Tyler Ennis, Marcus Foligno, and a 2018 third-round pick. Uh, so, you know, if anyone remembers this trade, it was after that the big season the Wild had where they were second or second best in the Western Conference, unfortunately got knocked out by the Blues in the first round. And it seemed that uh, GM at the time, Chuck Fletcher, was trying to make several changes by getting rid of Pominville, Scandella, and getting back Tyler Ennis, who they thought could be a rebound candidate. Marcus Foligno, who was turned out to be a motor grinder, kind of bottom six forward with some offensive skill, as well as the 2018 third round pick, which has actually, they which was ended up being the first pick of the third round that year. And the Wild selected Jack McBain, a big, uh, talented center who was a bit of a project, but so far the last couple of last year, season or two at Boston College, he's shown improvement. And with a couple of goals in his first two games this season, uh, that could be a solid piece for the Wild as well. And you know, that trade was another one. This was a little different. It was a little more mixed because Palmville did put up 16 goals his last two seasons in Buffalo. Scandella is a solid, you know, kind of number four defenseman, number five defenseman. But obviously, if everyone knows, Tyler Ernest never worked out in Minnesota. But Marcus Foligno, uh, potential next captain of the Wild, has obviously worked out very well in Minnesota. So that was just, you know, the next trade involving the two teams, Jace Palmville, that I wanted to bring up. But overall, the original trade between the Wild and Sabres in 2013, that's how the Wild acquired Jason Palmville in exchange for prospects and picks. I think the Wild won this Jace Palmville trade. Uh, like I said, Palmville a good top six forward for the Wild for three or four seasons, and they pretty much only gave up spare parts to the Buffalo Sabres to get him. So overall, I think the Wild won this trade fairly easily. So just before we end the show, I just want to remind you to subscribe to Lockdown Wild on whatever podcast platform you listen to. If you hit the subscribe button, on those podcast platforms you get the new show as it comes out each day and you won't have to go looking for it so be sure to hit that subscribe button and also i just want to remind you again to fi- you can find the show on twitter at locked on wild you can find me on twitter at zb wild nation underscore w uh, you can also find my work and my writing kind of thing also at hockeywilderness.com and uh, coming up in a day or two i believe on friday i will have a for our top 25 under 25 series which you should check out all of them a lot of good pieces on our, all the Wilds prospects. I will be doing uh, Kirill Kaprizov for number two on our top 25 under 25. So be, be sure to check that out and all the other writing at HockeyWilderness.com. And also just before we, after you're done listening to this show, I highly re- recommend that you go listen to any of the other Lockdown Minnesota shows, such as again, Lockdown Timberwolves, who like I've said many times last week or two have been doing a great job with their coverage on the Timberwolves offseason and their recent draft selections and also Lockdown Vikings uh, covering the Vikings current season and Lockdown Gophers who are doing their best to cover and doing a very good job covering the Gophers football and hockey and all that stuff. So be sure to check out those shows and all the other Lockdown 
all of their shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network. All our hosts are doing a great job putting a lot of great sports content for you. So uh, you've been listening to another episode of Lockdown Wild. I'm your host, Zeke Boyat. Thanks for listening, and I will see you on Friday.